Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Veg Grow Up podcast. My name is Richard and I am on a mission to grow my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my allotment and garden. Now coming up in this episode, we've actually had a very productive week, which is great to start this new year off on. And this has been productive both at home and on the allotment. A new veg bed has been built. We have checked our seed potatoes and much, much more. So let's head on down to the allotment to find out the latest from there. Well, it's been a rather cold day down on the allotment, but I'm quite glad for the cold, to be honest, because it has been dry today. Considering all week it has been torrential downpours with flooding everywhere, I'm quite surprised just how well we've got away with it. And this weekend has meant gardening has been possible. Always lift my spirits when we're able to spend a bit of time in the garden. I say in the garden, I'm actually on the allotment, which is my favourite place to be. And I've came down here to tackle quite a few tasks. First of all, we've had a bit of a tidy up in certain areas, just trying to smarten things up and get everything looking that little bit better for the growing season. Now, when I say tidy things up, it's more picking bits of rubbish up and tidying things away. Not so much dead or plant material that I'm clearing away because nature does like to use those little things as a bit of a home. So I like to leave those ready for nature to use over the winter months. But I did bring down with me another bag of seaweed which I've mulched around my asparagus plants with or the asparagus bed. This is something I try and do quite regularly. Seaweed is a fantastic mulch. And after we've had a big storm like we've had this week, a lot of it gets washed up on the beach. So I go down there, do have permission from the council to do this and just collect a little bit every now and then to place on my asparagus. And it does a fantastic job. It does help suppress the weeds. I mean, weeds still grow through. It's not a complete answer but it does help suppress the weeds especially as it has a little bit of salt in the seaweed and asparagus being a coastal plant can tolerate a bit of salt at the same time so it works quite well using seaweed as a mulch what I might do in the future is actually set up a compost bin to add seaweed to and start making a specific seaweed compost especially for my asparagus in the future now after that I harvested some Brussels sprouts, just cut an entire stem off at the base, leaving the roots in the ground. We do like our Brussels sprouts and we've still got plenty to eat, so quite happy to still have those. Then I went up to the very top of my allotment. This is the area that does become very, very tricky to look after. I brought down with me my battery strimmer, but for some reason, it wouldn't turn when I activated it. The batteries were charged. I know they're charged because this week I brought myself a brand new charger using some money I got for Christmas. As you know, I use the Ryobi One Plus system and for me, this just works very, very well. Now, I was a bit worried when my streamer wouldn't run because I thought to myself, just spent all this money on a new charger, I'm now gonna have to go and buy another streamer. 
But what I realised is that the the motor, the spinny bit, had just got a little bit wet and wasn't turning very freely. So I sprayed a bit of oil into that bit, turned it by hand and managed to free it up. I think what I've got to remember to do is just add a bit of oil every now and then to that area. Anyway, this, that got the strimmer running, so I quickly cut some of the grass down using that. It made things look a lot nicer, I have to say. Then I went to my black currant bush and it was time to start pruning my black currant bush. In fact, I'm going to prune a lot of my bushes at the very top here over the coming weeks. But my black currant bush was the first one to do. Now, when it comes to pruning, what I like to first do is remove any dead, diseased or damaged branches, which I checked over on this plant and I didn't really have any dead or diseased branches on it. But we did have a branch that had crossed. So where it was crossed and rubbing with another branch, it had damaged the branch. So I cut that off. And when it comes to blackcurrant, blackcurrant's fruit on wood that is three to five years old. So I like to remove anything that is five years old or more. So I give it a quick check over. You can usually tell the older branches because they are darker. We of course want to leave a few of the newer branches for this next year but the older branches, we want to remove those. Now this blackcurrant bush hasn't had pruning for quite a while. I inherited this plant when I took on this particular plot. So I was quite harsh with it. And actually I think it's paid off. So I've cut away a lot of the material. We have only really got two branches that are in that three to five year old period. The other five branches I've left behind are, are fairly newer, but they are going to provide us with branches of fruit in the future. That's the idea. So I've given it really, really harsh pruning. That way it's going to hopefully go on and produce more fruit in the future. What I've also found by doing this is that around the base, I've always had a bit of difficulty getting in with the strimmer around the base because of how these branches were growing. By cutting away the lower branches, it's freed up that bottom bit so I can get down in the strimmer and start really looking after this plant a lot better. Hopefully that means it's going to do better this year, produce lots of black currants and see what happens. We still have the red currant bush to do this too as well. But what I've also realised, next to this black currant bush, I have a gooseberry bush. Now, I've got quite a few gooseberry bushes on my allotment overall. And there's actually two that I inherited at the very top of this allotment. They produce quite well. They produce really nice fruit as well. But it's always been a little bit of a mess. And a couple of years ago, one of my neighbour's black weed suppressor membrane got blown over in a storm and got shred to tiny little ribbons, all of which are over these two gooseberry bushes. And I've been trying to remove this black membrane, these tiny plastic shreds, but it is proving really, really difficult. Now, when I was looking at this earlier, I think to myself, I might actually remove this gooseberry bush and get rid of it. Not something I usually like to do, 
but it's just such a mess that I think it's going to be difficult to really tidy it up. And quite close to it is a thornless blackberry. Again, this was planted by the previous owners. So I'm currently thinking that this gooseberry bush needs to go. As I said, I've got plenty more gooseberry bushes all over the allotment and at home. So it's not like I need it. But what do you think? Should I get rid of this gooseberry bush? Now I'm going to head to just behind my greenhouse now and we're going to see if we've managed to save any seed potatoes. While I head over there, let's find out what's been going on in the supporters club this week. Well, I hope you're enjoying this podcast so far. If you are, then please do rate and review on your podcast provider. Rating and reviewing just takes you a few seconds, but it really does help us out. And it also helps more people find this podcast who might be after growing their own food, might be after looking for help or techniques on how to grow their own food. So please do rate and review. But if you really do want to help support us and keep this podcast running, then please consider becoming a member of our supporters club. Supporter Club members get a collection of seeds sent to their door each month, as well as extra behind-the-scenes content, all for just £5 a month. Now this week in the Supporters Club, we haven't actually sown any seeds this week. A little bit early for most seeds, beginning of the month can be a little bit tricky, so I like to wait until the second week before we start sowing any seeds. But that means I normally have to talk about some subjects. And this week I've actually been sharing my to-do list for January. I quite often do share my weekend to-do list as well. And the idea behind this is I just share what I plan to do or what I need to do on the hope that it might help a few of our members get a few ideas of what they might want to do themselves on their allotment or their garden. But I've also shared a bit more detail on how we my black currant bush like I've just told you about. Gone into that in a little bit more detail, hopefully quite coherently as well. It's always tricky talking about pruning, I find. But anyway, if you do want to consider becoming a member, please head to the vegcrowdpodcast.co.uk to find out more and to sign up. Well, you can probably hear that I am not actually still on the allotment. I'm back in the podding shed. There is a reason I did actually record this next piece down on the allotment, but I didn't realise just how much the wind had picked up during the recording. And as I was editing and playing it back, there was too much wind noise and I decided I was going to re-record this here in the podding shed. So what I was doing by the greenhouse during 2023, I set up a bit of an experiment. I wanted to save my own sea potatoes and I thought this might be a good area to try this in. So I took some of my leftover sea potatoes. We planted lots of potatoes last year in 2023 and I had a few that were left over and there was four varieties. We had rocket, we had Maris Bard, we had Acoustic and Home Guard. What I did in this particular area, this area had 
given me a lot of trouble in the past. It was quite a weedy area, raspberries that had grown up all over the place. I'd spent a bit of time in the past trying to clear out all of the weeds and get that looking a bit nicer. But it had always been a bit of a problem. But in the past, what I found is when we grow potatoes, it actually takes care of a lot of the weeds and makes it easier in the future. So I figured we're going to grow a few potatoes in this area in this way. So I laid a load of cardboard down to suppress any weeds in this particular bit. And then I had some concrete pipes that I obtained from my grandfather and there was 12 of these concrete pipes I placed them in that area and I filled each one up with some multi-purpose compost I spent 10 pounds on multi-purpose compost then I took some of these sea potatoes and planted them into these concrete pipes labeling each one so I knew that the varieties were going to stay as I had planned I wasn't going to get any crossed contamination from other potatoes now throughout the year these potatoes grew i looked after them exactly the same as my other potatoes i just didn't harvest them until this weekend so how did we get on and do well the marisbard and the home guard we didn't get any seed potatoes for some reason they just didn't perform I don't know how well the foliage grew, if I'm honest with you. I can't really remember what was going on there. But the acoustic and the rocket, we got plenty of seed potatoes for. We actually filled up two pots of each of these varieties of potatoes. So straight away, if we were to buy four pots of seed potatoes from our garden centre, that would cost us £14. How it works in my local garden centre, when we want to buy seed potatoes, we can of course buy it by the bag, but I find you get too many in a bag. So they sell them loose. You pick up a flower pot and you fill up that flower pot with as many seed potatoes as can fit in. And they usually sell two pots for £7. And that's what I usually buy in and do. Works quite well, I have to say. So to get four pots of potatoes, okay, we might have a few more than what we would normally want, but to get that many, I am quite happy with. It certainly has saved us £14, but if we factor in the compost as well, it's only really saved us £4. And that's a shame, because if the Marisbard and the Home Guard had performed the same, then we could have saved £18. So I would have liked that to really come to fruition it didn't but we're going to give it a try again this year different area as i said it's all about trying to make that area more usable in the future at the same time but at the same time i don't think a four pound saving is anything to be sniffed at you know we do like to try and save seeds quite often and seed potatoes are just one of those that we can try and save our own too the best thing of course is that because these potatoes have performed well they're going to keep performing well they're going to take on some of those genetics that mean that they tailor themselves much like when we save seeds they tailor themselves to our local growing conditions now it may be that marisbard and the home guard are not suitable for our growing conditions. We may try again 
if we are lucky this year to get hold of these seeds and they may perform it holds onto those genetics we save those for next year as well as i said the rocket performed well and that's a pretty good potato but the acoustic oh my god we had some huge sea potatoes in there they performed fantastically so i'm very 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 pleased with what we got from that now we are seeing that sea potatoes are starting to be sold in garden centers at the moment so it is time to start buying in your own seed potatoes if that is what you are going to be doing and if you are i would like to know what seed potatoes you are buying in and what potatoes you plan to grow this year as i said last week setting a bit of homework that's going to be your homework let me know what seed potatoes or what variety of potatoes you are growing this year but we are able to buy these seed potatoes now and what i always do with sea potatoes and i'm doing it with these potatoes that we have harvested as well is i place them out to chit now there's a lot of people that will debate whether chitting is actually necessary but my take on it is that when we buy in these sea potatoes if we pot them somewhere dark in the bag they're going to start to produce shoots anyway. And because they're in the dark, they're going to be very thin, very easy to break shoots that we don't really want. So I think it's better to try and control those shoots. Try and get those strong, stocky shoots in the first place. And we simply do that by placing them somewhere cool, but with plenty of light. So for me, mine will be placed in trays in my greenhouse they will need a good wash off of course just to make sure there's no dirt or anything on them and make sure there's no slugs as well and what we will also have to do is every now and then just spray the potatoes with a bit of water between now and march just to make sure that they don't dry out i usually plant all my potatoes out around march the 20th around st patrick's day just because i find that to be an easy time to remember i get all my potatoes in the ground and that's it done so between now and then i want to control those chits so therefore i pot them out to chit not everybody does it there's a lot of debate whether it's worth doing or not i just think it's going to happen anyway let's control it now all this talk on potatoes has got me a little bit hungry luckily chef scott is here with another recipe so let's go find out what that is and i'll meet you out in the garden hi it's scott here and it's the time of year when i start thinking about purchasing my seed potatoes and as usual when i'm thinking about sowing seeds it gets me to thinking about what i will be making when i harvest what i have sowed and the humble spud is no exception but i do think it's sometimes overlooked especially the main cop varieties. With new potatoes, there's nothing better than simply boiling or steaming them and serving them simply with butter and enjoying them for what they are, fresh new seasoned potatoes. But main cop varieties tend to play more of a support, supporting role to a piece of meat or fish, for example. But sticking with the recent theme of simple, whether that being simple to make or simple because the amount of ingredients used, I remembered this recipe, 
where the humble spud takes the lead role and it is a potato, rosemary and anchovy tart. Extremely easy to make and using little ingredients, this tart showcases the potato and paired with a simple salad, it makes for an excellent lunch. And coming in at around £2 to make a whole tart that will serve six people if you've grown your own is excellent value for such a flavoursome dish. So let's head to the kitchen and hear how it's made. For this recipe, you will need 250 grams of sliced white onions, 250 grams of sliced potatoes, main crop variety, 320 grams of ready rolled puff pastry, two anchovy fillets, 50 grams of finely grated parmesan, 20 millilitres of olive oil, five grams of chopped rosemary, and one egg yolk. Method. Start by sweating the onions in a little oil. You want to give them a light golden brown colour. Once ready, remove from the heat and cool. Whilst that's happening, slice the potatoes as thinly as possible. You can use a mandolin or simply slice with a knife. Then add them to a mixing bowl along with the olive oil. Then chop the anchovy fillets and add them to the bowl along with the rosemary. Season with salt and pepper and toss together. Now take the ready rolled puff pastry sheet and using the back of a knife, score in a one inch border around the perimeter of the sheet, being careful not to cut through it. Then using a fork, prick the base of the pastry inside the border. Then spread the cooled onions over the pastry, keeping them within the border, and sprinkle with 30 grams of the Parmesan cheese, also keeping inside the border. Then layer the potatoes on top of the onions and cheese, and sprinkle with the rest of the Parmesan. Then using the egg yolk, glaze the border. Then cook in a preheated oven set at 200 degrees Celsius for 20 to 30 minutes. I hope you give it a go. It really does make the potato shine. And that's it from me this week. Well, here we are in the garden. I think the first place to start is with what seeds I have sown over this last week. Now, in the greenhouse, I've actually sown some celery. This is a little bit early, to be honest with you, for sowing celery. But I want to see how we get on with it in the greenhouse. Normally, I sow it towards the end of a month and in heated propagators. So this is a little bit of an experiment to see how successful it really is. Celery is a plant that does grow for a long time. We've still got celery that we sowed last January that is still growing. So it is a plant I think is well worth growing, but it is there for a long time. Now in the veggie pods, I've made a sowing of spring onions and mustard. Both of these are quite regular things that I tend to sow as part of our, uh, what do we call it, successional sowing routine every few weeks i'm going to be sowing these sort of crops in order to make the most out of it then indoors in the heated propagators we've made a second sowing of chilies and aubergines and the main reason i'm sowing these firstly my chilies have gotten eaten by slugs and snails these were chilies that were sown a few weeks ago They've been eaten by slugs or snails or something along those lines. And I've sprayed those last week with Grazer G2, what I had left. And along with the aubergines and sweet peppers that we sowed last week, they seem to have survived 
not being attacked. So the grazer's G2 seems to be working. So I wanted to re-sow some more chilies with some more varieties, as well as a few more varieties of aubergines, just to add a bit of variation. One of these aubergine varieties is a white variety that I'm looking forward to seeing how they grow. Outside in the actual vegetable garden i'm getting it ready for the growing season i hate that term growing season but i think that's quite apt now for me this means more mulching on the beds with compost more preparing the beds ready for growing in but what i've really wanted to achieve this week and we managed it is to build another new bed and this is something that we're going to be building over the next few months more and more beds just to add to our growing room i actually had a question from a listener asking what i make my beds from and it's a very good question because there's a lot of different answers to this but here at home i make my beds from wood and the wood that i buy is classed as c24 wood which i believe is used in the building of houses or structures in the building trade now, the reason that I use this wood is that it is 45 mil thick, so that's an inch thick, but also it's 220 mil wide, so that makes it nice and thick, which makes it strong, nice and wide, which gives me good deep beds. But also, when we screw these together, I just screw from one piece of wood to the other and they stay together. I've got no corner posts, they just screw into each other. I find this works really really well for me. Now these pieces of wood I actually buy from B&Q in 4.8 meter lengths. I do have to cut it down in the car park in order to get it home but the reason that I buy it in 4.8 meter lengths in the first place is because it actually works out cheaper. There are other places that I could buy it from but when I've done the maths it works out cheaper to buy it this way. A little bit of work involved cutting it down in the car park just to get it home but when I get it home I've got to cut the wood down anyway so I try and work with that. Now the other reason I like this wood is because it is untreated and personally I don't want to use treated wood in my soil in any way. I always worry that the soil is going to be contaminated and what the treatment is going to leach into the soil and therefore into my food so i like the fact that these are untreated wood pieces but because it is untreated of course it does mean that the wood could eventually rot away that's why i've gone for 45 mil thick wood it should last a very very long time now, because they are thick and strong, I can even pot a piece of wood the same width to walk over my beds quite comfortably when it comes to sewing and things. So there are lots of reasons why I choose this wood, but it is nice and thick and it's untreated. Now, I did speak about wood treatment made from sheep's wool in the past, and I could use that to make this wood last a little bit longer. I'm currently just doing a bit more research to find out if it is actually safe for in our soils. It's not likely to leach into our soils. I'm, I'm just double checking everything on that. I believe it is safe, but I'm just double checking everything on that. To build this bed, I had to cut this wood down to size, and that meant I had to cut two pieces at 800mm long and two pieces at 1,120mm 
long. Now that left me with one piece for of 800mm which we can use in another bed at a later date as well. Now one thing that I was able to do while building this bed is actually test my new tool and it's nothing fancy it's a battery charger. Now as you may know many years ago I've switched over onto the Ryobi OnePlus battery tools both for my garden tools such as lawnmower, strimmer, hedge trimmers, chainsaws etc etc as well as my drills, my circular saws and angle grinders and things like that. It's been a pretty good switch I've got to be honest with you because it is so much easier I found hasn't quite got the same heavy duty that petrol tools have but the battery tools are good enough for what I need but the downside I did find is that one I had to buy lots of batteries to make sure I can do all the work this isn't too much of a problem but with lots of batteries when I go down to the allotment or out in the garden they become a little bit tricky to carry I put them in a bag small problem I know but it is a problem nonetheless now the other problem I had with all these different batteries when one battery is flat I had to put it back on charge not a huge problem but if I flattened another battery while that one was on charge I had to wait to switch them over and if I charged them beforehand I had to constantly go out to my shed and switch the batteries over to make sure I had all four batteries charged now my new charger it allows me to plug in six batteries at the same time and it plugs each battery one by one which basically means I haven't got to spend time switching over batteries it's a smart charger so when the batteries are charged it switches off and it also doubles up as a nice neat carry case for carrying my batteries as well which does make life a little bit easier and at the moment, I'm all about trying to make my life a little bit easier. It is a bit of an expense, don't get me wrong. But if you use batteries as much as I do in tools, then it is a bit of a godsend. Anyway, we've now got another bed built. We've still got another eight to go in over the next few months as we slowly build those as our budget allows us. But we are getting there. And that is the important thing. Another job ticked off the to-do list all we've got to do now with this bed that i've built lay some cardboard down in the bottom and then fill it up with compost so that we are ready to grow in it won't take too long but it is ready to go now unfortunately it is rather cold in here so let's head back into the podding shed Well, it is amazing how a bit of dry weather really has lifted the spirits, enabling me to go out in the garden, tackle quite a few jobs, certainly making the to-do list seem a little bit shorter. It feels really, really good to spend a weekend gardening. Let's hope we get more weekends like this. November, December was just so miserable, so wet, that it really was making me feel a little bit low. This weekend has just proved to me just how much gardening can help with our mental health. Well, I am going to wrap this up for this week. Thank you so much for listening as always. Now, please do let me know what seed potatoes you are going to be buying and what varieties of potatoes you are going to be growing this year as part of your homework. I don't like the term homework, but I'll use it for the time being. 
If you want to get in touch, my email address is richard at theveggrowerpodcast.co.uk. You can, of course, head to theveggrowerpodcast.co.uk. You can leave a comment on the bottom of a blog post, or you can leave us a voicemail. Really useful thing, the voicemail, I've got to say, and I really would like to hear a few more of your voices. You can also find me on social media and contact me through that. We have a Facebook group as well, which is proving to be quite popular at the moment. Lots of photos gone up from the homework set last week. So please do join up that and go and check them out. Now, please do consider becoming a member and please do rate and review, as I said earlier. Right, that is it for this week. We will be back again next time. So until then... Please take care.